0: Like Kobe in a fourth
2: quarter.
1: This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. And today, Tuesday, December 1st, um, Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press is my guest for today's show. Jace and I virtually attended um, the Ricky Rubio, Ed Davis introductory press conference, kind of the first media availability of the 2021, 2020, 2021 season, I, I don't really know. We, we got to talk to Ricky and Ed Davis for the first time. Jace, what were just kind of your, what are your just initial takeaways of like how this is all going to work media-wise?
2: Um, It'll be interesting. And I think even like the PR staffs aren't exactly sure how it's going to work media-wise because, you know, as it is, sometimes on a day-to-day practice, it can be difficult getting players, you know, and they're like, hey, I got to go to treatment. I got to do this. Nope, I got this right after practice or, or they don't get onto the court until you know, five right. minutes before practice, we're supposed to talk to him beforehand. I think that'll be the same this year too. And it's never been easier to dodge somebody probably than right now, because you know, the PR steps can be even harder to get these guys um, just with the safety protocols right. and everything in place. So it'll be interesting. Um, I thought today went fine. Uh, it's about all you can do for like an introductory press conference or whatever, but, uh, I'm curious to see how this will go. I think they can be positive <laughs> to the whole Zoom thing, uh, but I do think there'll be challenges. And I think even PR staffs in the league will be like, yeah, there are challenges to this, you know, and uh, it'll kind of be an adjustment period as far as we don't know how often we'll get to talk to Carnathan Towns, D'Angelo Russell, or for sure which days we'll get to do it. Um, I think it'll largely be wait and see, but that's fine. I think we'll all get used to it. And I think eventually there'll be a, a system in place that everybody can live with.
1: Right. And I mean, and that's that's not only just important well particularly you who's writing about the team every day and you're needing those quotes but it's also important for the fans i mean yeah right you know and i, I think everybody's in a place willing to totally give carl his space to you know mm-hmm. kind of come back into the light when he's ready to do that but you know <laughs> i mean you and i we could be great writers right but at the end of the day <laughs> people are looking for those quotes you know they want to see you know what carl anthony towns has to say and and you know, kinda kinda go from there. So it's gonna be an adventure, but I think we do have we got some we got some better quotes now on the team. Not maybe not better, we got good quotes on this yeah, team now. For Ricky sure. Ricky's gonna be good for that. And um Yeah, so what did you just he Ricky was a star right. of today's press conference because it was about him and Ed Davis. Um did anything really stick out to you from from what Ricky said today?
2: Yeah, I think mostly just that he is he talked about how you know like a he's okay coming off the bench as long as they're winning but he also dropped in there like i've played with a lot of these guys i know how to get the most out of these guys carl anthony towns uh, devin booker donovan mitchell he dropped all those things and i think that should be you know they could have just brought ricky rubio in because they thought he was a little bit better fit more useful than james johnson you know that could have been that simple uh but you can also say like he is somebody who can make Carlton Towns and D'Angelo Russell and their lives a little bit easier. Uh, And if that's the case, if that's the point if that, had anything to do with why you brought him in here and you know, what the Rose have said suggests it's true, then he should play a lot of minutes with those guys. Now, whether that's starting or whether that's closing the game or whatever it might be, I think he'll share the court a lot with those guys. Um, And I I think in general that my thought on that was almost reaffirmed just from what everybody said today from Ryan to Gerson to Ricky.
1: Right. And, and, I mean, John and I talked about this yesterday on the show. And it's like my, my kind of per- – I, I know it matters to players. It, it does matter to players, like, to, to, sit, to have that, that whole starter, you know, thing on your, on your label. But, but at the end of the day, we, we, we've seen it's more about rotations. And it's the way, you know, are, are you the sixth man playing 29 minutes a game or are you the ninth man playing 16 minutes a game? Like, with Ricky, we know it's not going to be the ninth man thing. He's going to probably, even if he's the first guy off the bench, I bet he's still like fourth in minutes on the team, wouldn't you think?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's going to play alongside Russell, and he's going to also be the point guard when Russell's out. Um, So I don't see there's any way that he's below 25 minutes. I mean, the math doesn't add up for that.
1: And isn't he just like pretty clearly the fourth best player on the team? Yeah, I Kat, think that's Dio, yeah. Beasley. I mean, who would be the who else? And and, and,
2: and frankly, I think mean, if you looked at just all around players, you could say at this point maybe Ricky Rubio is better than Malik Beasley. You know, like I don't, we don't, sure. I don't know. And you could, I think you could make an argument for that at the very least. But yeah, he's definitely not below that.
1: Mm-hmm. What about? Um, I, I I thought from 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 Gerson and Ryan because they spoke a little bit, you know, too today was, I guess they kind of reaffirmed some of the things maybe we were assuming related to Ricky you know coming off the bench but also Ryan put forth the idea you know that those two guys will play together he brought up three even kind of four guard lineups that they can roll with so I think that you know it's fair for us to let our minds run wild about what that might look like and I think it's just going to be a lot of different things there whatever we'll get to that later um but then also with with Ed Davis I thought I don't know. That, that was when I kind of, I'm having a hard time getting a read on. They, they kind of gave both Ricky and Davis the kind of the locker room guy sort of label. But then at the same time, Gerson said, I want vets on this team, but I also want vets who can play. And, and maybe it's just as simple as like Ed Davis got on our radar a week ago, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in terms of a trade. We don't really know yet. Like, um, what, what do you, like, I, I don't know. How, how did you take that? And then from there, what do you think at Davis's role is going to be? Because I think people think he's a power forward. I, I'm i pretty sure he's just the backup center. Is that, am I wrong there? Yeah, I mean, who else is the backup center,
2: right? I mean, in Nas Reed maybe, but I don't. You know, I think if your team was trying to win games this year and they have no reason to not, um, unless Nas Reed you think is a really important part of your franchise's development, which I wouldn't put him in that bucket. Um, but I would say if we're trying to win games, then at Davis is probably our best backup center. Um, and what does that equal? Like t- 10, 12 minutes a game, maybe? Um, and mm-hmm. maybe that's well, about but Carl right with
1: foul trouble, it could be more than that. I yeah, mean... you're right.
2: On a given nightly basis, for sure. Uh, yeah. But I think it may be like as you're building out your ideal rotation for them, it might be in that... 10 to 12 minutes a game bucket um, anyway. And I, don't, I just kind of, I think after last year, I'm so skeptical of trying to figure out when, what they say about some of these big men, what <laughs> that guy's actual role is, because I mean, you know, Jordan yeah. Bell, Noah Vonley, I think we all were like, well, this guy might play a decent role and this guy might play a decent role. And, and the actual answer was none of them played a decent role. You know, they mm-hmm. they were all scrapping to get 10 minutes and that was the guy but, who had a Okay. Role. But
1: the reason, the reason for that was what we learned yeah, was that it was because wings are going to play The guys who we thought were wings are going to play the four right like Layman, right? Pl- you know that 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 was that's where we missed. <laughs> I and that's, guess and that's
2: but, and that's where the Ed Davis thing. Like I think there's a very good chance he doesn't play any four. You know, and and yeah. that's when you're just in the backup center. I think he's Noah it.
1: Vonley. Yeah, I think it's sure. just Noah Vonley.
2: And then they're it, just who, making a decision between Davis and Nas Reed, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Right. It's going to be.
1: You know, it was you know, with any of these fairly random players who, you know, I mean, you and I, we watch the NBA and you feel like, Oh yeah, I know every player. Yeah. But like, you know, Ed Davis, I'd be lying if I like (laughs) could spit you out at Ed Davis scouting report (laughs) the day they made the trade. But it's fine. I was, I was watching some of it and it's like, and I had just previously, you know, tried to – because Vanderbilt, right? He was another one of the way for the Bell guys. Right. I, had, I had just, like, the week prior watched a, a couple of Jared Vanderbilt games, and it's like those two dudes just watching the games, they look exact – they play, like, exactly the same. They're these big, athletic, left-handed dudes who just, like, 95% of their value is is offensive rebounding. And they just they they play they play exactly the same. So I'm kind of like, all right. Well, I thought Vanderbilt was maybe in the rotation, but now we have 30 year old Vanderbilt here, who by all accounts is the best teammate in the history of the NBA. And I I don't know. Like that was Derek Vanderbilt just this thing we made up in September because we were bored.
2: Maybe, but. And, you know, and, and to be fair to the team, there weren't a lot of guys in that minicamp to talk about. Um, but they did bring up his name. I mean, a lot. I'm
1: not even I'm not even putting on that. I am putting that on me. I feel like I got excited about Jared yeah, Vanderbilt. Yeah, oh.
2: but I mean a part of that was they were kind of like every time they were talking about guys who like they liked or whatever in that minicamp, um, Jared Vanderbilt's name came up a lot. And like I said, there weren't a lot of guys to talk about who were really even were like roster guys. Um so it was maybe obvious that he was gonna come up, but when he gets talked up a couple of days in a row and you already looked at him like they kind of sold him as like, Hey, he's at the trade. You know, when they made that deal, like, Hey, he's a prospect. He was a part of this deal too. We really liked mm-hmm. that. We got him. So you're already, he's already kind of on your radar. And now they start talking him up a little bit. And usually that's kind of the progression of things. Like you start to True. hear this guy's name a little bit more, a little bit more. And now all of a sudden in training camp, he's a guy. So I, I don't think it was any leap to say that that could happen. And maybe it still will happen. We don't, I mean, would like if, if they come in game one and, and now he's, playing power forward or backup center like twelve minutes and, and I I'm not gonna be surprised, but it's just it's I really don't know. I'm not gonna pretend like but no this guy's th- definitely not in the rotation. This guy <laughs> definitely is
1: the, the thing is is if any of these guys play next to Carl, like the Vanderbilts, the you know the the Davises, the other actual like big bigs, or even Hollis Jefferson, like there isn't really much of a facsimile to draw off of of last season right because it would be jordan bell like kind of that fast athletic versatile four who can't shoot like i mean that's he, kinda... that's
2: that's a good ron hollis jefferson mold i mean especially size wise that really lines up pretty well
1: and i mean I, you'll you remember this game i'm pretty sure yeah it was at it was at Staples Center when they played the Lakers. Yes. Right? Remember yep. that game? And yep. that was when – that was like the first game that Jordan Bell really played like 20 minutes alongside Carl. Basically, like prior to that, the power forward had been Covington or Lehman. And and what, what I think is they're, they're going to hit this point. this. Year. There's a lot of teams that are big like that. and And so are you going to – I think there is going, I guess what I'm trying to get at is I think there's going to be more bandwidth for that Jordan Bell role this year. And guys like Vanderbilt, guys like Davis, guys like Hollis Jefferson probably fit into that. What is that order there? I have no idea. And maybe they don't have an idea either. But at some point, Cat's going to get in foul trouble. Or at some point, you're going to start playing a big team. And you're going to have to play other bigs because that power forward position just wasn't really addressed in a main way in the offseason.
2: Yeah, off and you look at, like, you, we all think Wancho's going to start there, probably, right? I mean, that's what that's. What I would just I don't know what else be. I would be. Yeah, right. I would put my money on Wancho starting there, and his defensive metrics are not good. Um, mm-hmm. And, Carl, that's obviously, you know, when people address the four, you think, okay, what's well, going to help Carl the most defensively? And that doesn't seem to be it. So, Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see exactly how that pairing is going to look. They only played two games together last season, that Clippers game and the Toronto game, and I think if we get an extended taste of that, and this team still continues to really struggle, that's the first easy adjustment probably to make in the starting lineup to say, "Well, let's try this instead." Right, and then we'll see who they go with after that point.
1: I just wonder if none of the the op- if Wancho and Lehman aren't necessarily physical defensive options if the choice is just ultimately which one of the two of them makes the offense better like and to some extent kind of just punting the idea of great defense because i think if you if you're just like all right we want to be bigger we want to be more physical we want to play a really good defense tonight i think you start ed davis at power forward yeah but i think there's no shot in hell that happens so so then, I think the question becomes: Is it Wancho or is it Layman that helps the offense better? And we don't really like. And I hate when people cite Layman stat numbers because Layman only played when the team was good. Right. right. And who know, Maybe it was because he was there. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> hey, so I, I, got, I don't.
2: That got mentioned a few <laughs> times throughout the season during the struggles. Jake Layman wasn't there. We were reminded of that many times. Uh, by, by that damn team. toe. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Jake Lehman's a helpful player on an NBA team. It's not dripping him at all, but when you're in the middle, of like lose 15 no, games in a row, oh, he is for sure. But when, it's, it's, he's just yeah. weird. Right, it's weird because right, he right. looks like a small forward, I've right? And wrong. but I just when, when they're losing like 14, 15 games in a row, and they're bringing up not having Jake Lehman as one of the reasons <laughs> why the team's struggling, it's like okay, but there are bigger issues at large. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: true. Um, I guess the 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 one last thing, and then uh, you know we'll, we could kind of take a break and 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 move on to just talking about how the Wolves fit into the West, but. What are you making of the the line? Is Ricky as a playmaker, right? A playmaker within this system, and and I don't, I don't say that to be pejorative. The line, like those are clues. Yeah. I believe that, like those mm-hmm. are clues that they breadcrumbs they kind of drop along the way. What does Ricky Rubio as a playmaker within this system mean to you? How do you envision that?
2: Still, think probably like your secondary pick and roll guy, right? I mean, that's how I more like running the side pick and rolls. D'Angelo Russell still initiating the offense because I think a lot of times you might want to run like the high pick and roll of D'Angelo, um, mm-hmm. but then Ricky has the side action creating off of that. Um, and obviously, he's become a better catch and shoot three point shooter and whatnot. Uh, I, th- I think a lot of times you can hear wings talked about as playmakers, and it doesn't mean that they're the point guard, even though that's kind of what I always. Right. I, I, I guess, link together. But that's how I view it. Um, certainly, D'Angelo Russell being the number one guy with the ball in his hands the majority of the time, but you know, Rubio taking advantage of his opportunities when, when the ball swings to him in that similar spot.
1: You know, it was weird, thoroughly while you were walking your dog <laughs> before this, and I was, I was waiting for you. I just was like, looked up Ricky Rubio's just usage rate numbers over like, the, the course of, of his career, and I think if I would have before I wrote any of it down, I would have thought Ricky Rubio had a higher had a high usage rate when he was in Minnesota and then he went on to Utah and on to Phoenix and that progressively fell off. That that's what I would have that's what I would have thought of in my head.
2: I'm going to guess that his usage rate last year was high.
1: Well, I guess it's a, important to define what usage rate is. Usage rate is shooting, yes, taking free throws or turning the ball over. It's not assists. Like so so, obviously, that's a big part of, you know, Ricky's game. Basically, usage rate is, like, who's the guy you're giving the ball to to try and score or get to the line? And and I feel like in my head, which is, like, go back to the Adelman days, right? It was like, man, I feel like Ricky was, like, one of the, I don't know, the third option, maybe? Sure. But if you if you roll through those teams, it's, it's like, 6th, 6th, ninth, 10th. The best year. The best year when they were 40 and 42, Ricky had – the 10th highest usage rate on the team. And I was like, that, you know, that that just didn't make sense in my head. And I, I guess I kind of say that to like, oh, his best gear in a Timberwolves uniform was when the other players on the team were actually good enough to make him shoot less. Right. That, I guess that, you know, that does make sense. But then I keep going, scrolling over to the Utah days, and the Utah and Phoenix days, and it's the only time in his career, he never had a usage rate over 20% when he was in Minnesota those six years, which 20% is one-fifth of the yep. you know the the floor out there, average. The only time he was ever above average in usage rate was in Utah and, and, and in Phoenix. And in Utah, he was like the second or third in usage rate, which I think paints it like a picture of it's like, it kind of goes to that playmaker thing you were just talking about where it's like, no, he's not the playmaker in the sense that he's passing in Utah and Phoenix. He was a playmaker in the sense that he was shooting, like trying to to get to the line more and I think we're just going to come to realize that Ricky Rubio is a fairly different player yeah. than we remember him, you know, five years. And I mean, he's, he's even saying that, right. And a lot of that probably just comes down to shooting the ball better. That's why, you know, the usage rates up, he's more confident in shooting those sort of things. But I think it's going to be kind of jarring where <laughs> we have these visions of him, like throwing lobs to Anthony Randolph and Michael Beasley and all that. And it's just like, no, this dude kind of plays like the two now and lets the team's Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, DeAndre Russell kind of be the guy. I, I don't think there's going to be some sort of problem where it's like, no, Ricky's got, we got to run this. We got to run this high picket roll through Ricky a lot. Otherwise he's going to get pissed. Like I think he's going to be pretty cool in a secondary role.
2: I agree with that. And, What's interesting though is like, so he did bring the ball up in Phoenix, correct? I mean, from what I saw, he largely, but, but,
1: but it's kind of like the bringing the ball up with like the intention of like immediately, like a weaving handoff to Booker to kind of like raise up. All right. right, Now you're creating there. Right. Right. Which is different.
2: And, but just with everything he does and, and Devin Booker is the primary creator, I guess, in that offense. And yet Ricky still puts up nine assists a game. That's really impressive when you don't, have the ball as much, maybe as like a booker, um, but he, right, like it would
1: be easier to rack up assists. If you're just like the clear
2: cut one, exactly. Right. But the things he does, like he just makes actions work. Like if you have a guy coming mm. off the screen, he just puts the ball in the right spots where that guy can catch and shoot so easily. Right. Um, it doesn't even have to be him breaking down a defense. It can just be him running through an offense, but just executing it. Just right. Um, and sure. I think that's where on a team like this, that's really helpful because, I mean, as far as getting everybody touches and getting everybody looks, he's going to give everybody the best chance for those looks to be of really high quality.
1: No, I'm with you. I, I'm just excited to see it. I think even preseason, again, we're talk about breadcrumbs. Like, what is this actually going to look like? Like, I felt, I felt like that's what we were doing so much last year. Like, what the hell is this going to yeah. look like defensively yep. last year? And now this year, I'm like, what the hell is this going to look like offensively? Just. And like really basic X's and O's standpoint, like, where's everyone standing? Who's standing at the top? Like that, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, All right. We're going to take a quick break and then um, come back and talk about our not all the way ready uh, takes about where the Timberwolves fit in the Western Conference. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Yeah. All right, Jace, I sent you um, yes. the most updated Vegas <laughs> over unders as of today, December 1st. Which over unders are are very annoying right now because they're based off of a seventy two game season. So okay. I extrapolated it so out. So yeah,
2: you want me to look at the
1: the eighty two game? Because I, like yes. yes, I feel like that's easier. Yeah. Yes. Eighty two. Yes, I feel like because that's how we that's how we think about what you know. I don't know. That's how my head works. I'm like, all right, yeah, are they a right. forty one win team? They're five hundred. Cool. So so basically, what Vegas has the Timberwolves at? Yep. Is 34 wins in an 82 yep. game season. Last year they won 17 games. That would have been the equivalent of 24 and a half. So Vegas is baking in a 10 game improvement with this roster. Are you buying that?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean. I think so. Um. You, you just look at like who they had last year and it didn't work, mm-hmm. and they're trying to jam bunch of pieces in holes that didn't fit um they didn't have the right personnel for what they wanted to do and they were still trying to do that uh and now they have pieces that do fit that and you finally have d'angelo russell with carol Towns on the floor and if that's two all-star level at least offensive players we know that to be true it should look way better right i mean and, and uh, you have beasley was really strong in those last 14 games ricky rubio is a good player who impacts winning um i think that that 10 wins should be about right like 34 wins to me with an 82 game season is still not a good season like that's not saying this is a good team um no but that should be about where the level where they're at and if they don't get to that if they go under that number i would say that's kind of alarming
1: mm-hmm. i i mean at 34 you're way out of the playoffs
2: yeah right like i mean you're flirting but, with the 10 seed this year maybe but
1: right yeah. and that's what i think is, is is interesting just as i'm as i'm looking at this and you know, if I'm being honest, I gotta like go through and really look at a lot of these Western Conference teams more and what what they were able to do. You know, in the off season. But my general opinion, particularly now, you know, after the Warriors lose Clay and and some of these things, is I think the narrative that the West is an absolute bloodbath. I feel like that has gone too far. Yes. Like I I don't think. The, the West is is very good. I don't think this is like the best West we've ever seen, and not even mentioning COVID is going to be a whole different like regression to the mean for everybody sort of thing. Like, I I, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like it is this impossible door to break into to the AC. For any, I'm not even just talking about the Timberwolves. I'm talking about for teams like the Grizzlies or the Spurs or the Kings, whatever like that. Like, so let me just let me just read off these these totals. The Lakers are the projected one seed in the West, 54 and a half. Clippers, two, 53 and a half. Nuggets, three, 49 and a half. Jazz, four, 47 and a half. Mavericks, five, 47 and a half. Blazers, six, 46. Warriors, seven, 44 and a half. Suns, eight, 43 and a half. Pelicans, nine, 40 and a half. Spurs, 10, 35 and a half. Timberwolves, 11, 34 Grizzlies, 12, 34. Kings, 13, 31 and a half. Thunder, 14, 27 and a half. And then the Rockets are just completely off the board because Vegas isn't taking bets on them right now. And I don't know. I mean, they might be the three seed or they might be the 15 seed depending on what they do. But when I look at that and I go, all right, so you're telling me the Jazz and the Mavs, who are good teams, and the Blazers, are the four, five, and six seeds like those teams, those teams aren't like threats to me as far as like real contenders. Like they're playoff teams. Am I am I wrong? Like I I feel like, and again, I'm not saying like I'm taking the Timberwolves over them, but this isn't a West where you're like, man, there's six teams in the West that could come out like and be a championship contender. I, I don't I don't feel like it's like that.
2: No, I mean, after watching the playoffs last year, I mean, don't we feel like there's one team that could come out of the West? I mean, (laughs) essentially, I mean, honestly, taking an honest look at it, but uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. Like Portland, everybody wants to make them, everybody really wanted to make them into like a team that could knock off the Lakers last year. And obviously it wasn't even close. And they did add some nice pieces. Like I think Robert Covington is an amazing fit there. Like last -hmm. year people were talking about how they lost Al Farouk Aminu and what that meant. And that's why they had struggles throughout the year and also with, like, Nurkic's injury. But Covington fits into that role even better than Al Camino does, I think. Um, sure. Yeah. So I, I, I think they could be really important. I don't be surprised if they're, like, the three seed um, if they surpass Denver just in terms of regular season result. Uh, but that's not a team that you think can compete in the West. It's not some super team that you can't – take a shot at and and aim to pass two years from now you know like there's not mm-hmm. I don't look at the western conference as these super conference where you want to lay back and build for five years right now because you could be one. that's Laker, the
1: point yeah yes. you
2: could be one lakers injury away from it just being an open field you know i mean that mm-hmm. it's 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 it, the path to the western conference finals is open for everybody i mean and that's, mm-hmm. that's 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 my i think teams like if you've been waiting and trying to build up to this like now should be a time where you're Gunning away at it, you
1: know. Yeah, ready to push. And and from a Timberwolves perspective, this you're looking at it like the, the eighth seed. <laughs> We're not, you know, right. it's not it's not it's not looking at the window of going to the Western Conference Finals or anything, which I'm I'm kind of with you. Like it's an injury away from in a pretty open field there. But for the Wolves, it's the Suns who are the eighth seed. The Blazers, or the, the Warriors, sorry, who are the seventh seed, the Pelicans who are the nine. The Spurs were the 10. Those are the four teams ahead of them. Like, we also do this thing every year where we don't, like, bake in the idea that one or two of these teams is just going to completely implode. Right. Whether from injury or from something insane. And who knows? Maybe the Rockets, that's... If the Rockets keep hard in Westbrook, they're, they're obviously in yeah. the mix a for sure playoff team there, too. So that pushes everything down a little bit. But as we look at this right now, like, I think the Suns are going to be Good with Chris Paul for sure. I'm I'm with that. I think the Pelicans like should progress on what they're what they did last year. You obviously, can have Zion a lot more. All those dudes are going to be like a year older. You lose Drew Holiday,
2: but Drew Holiday's kind of I a glue piece, so I could see that. I mean, yeah, I think that'll have an impact. He's a tremendous two way player, but I I don't
1: it's weird for for me it's like i don't know if i would like for sure hammer that over on 34 and and say that but at the same in the like in the same breath i would be like i don't think it's crazy to think that the wolves are going to be better than the pelicans this year no i Scores don't either. this year
2: well i don't, like, i think i think so like look at look at new orleans and yeah they have zion but you know how much better is zion than carl right now you know mm-hmm. is he better than carl right now i don't know um how much better is you know Brandon Ingram than D'Angelo Russell like aren't, aren't these supposed to be comparable players so then compare mm-hmm. the rest of the roster and do you like the Wolves rest of the roster or the Pelicans No, I'd have to even see who's still on the Pelicans roster after all <laughs> these trades if I'm being totally honest I but, mean and the answer is
1: probably the Pelicans but but to your point it's probably close
2: yeah and so like it I mean and, and these are the two players in Russell and Towns who age-wise are right like they're older i mean so mm-hmm. why why if if you're not better than them now when are you going to be better than them and that's i think where the wolves are you know, maybe they try to acquire a third star next offseason but i would be like this is our young core these are the two guys we've said we want to build around they should be able to be at least better than similarly aged cores if you think you're building something towards a championship
1: and i i think to to not be slept on at all is we've already Gone through the fact that the roster last season, you know, didn't fit the system through all these sort of kind of growing pains along the way there. Plus, they were incentivized to lose. Right. And they, they took that incentive and it paid off for them. They got the number one overall pick in, in Anthony Edwards from being a team who, you know, lost some games. I mean, they got fined for sitting <laughs> D'Angelo Russell out of game. I mean, which a bunch of teams. Yeah, I've done, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a thing when you're a quote unquote bad team in in the Western Conference. Like, I'm not gonna go full blown tanking term there, but like, there was an incentive to lose last year for the Timberwolves, and they did. Whatever that incentive is, is now all but gone this year, and I, I feel like that's just this thing that we kind of brush over a little bit in that like the Wolves should trying to win as many games as possible they don't have their first they don't have their first overall or first round pick next year because it's going to the Warriors and the Wiggins deals so I think if you're trying to make that if you're making that bet on the Wolves you feel confident about the over you should feel confident in the fact that not only is this roster a lot more talented one two the players actually like play the positions and style of play that they hope to play three they're a year older and four they're going to conceivably be actually trying to win in a Western conference that I think is worse than it was a year ago.
2: Yeah. Like if the wolves are at, if they're four short of whatever that totals with four games to play, even if they're out of the playoff picture, they're going to try to go four now. So like it, mm-hmm. that, that factors into these over-unders a lot because a lot of times the last week or two of the season is teams, playing some teams are trying to win playing teams that aren't trying to win and it's almost gimme games um that's what a lot of people point to when the that wolves team sam mitchell coached uh, they were playing some teams that weren't necessarily (laughs) trying to win and people took a lot of solace in the fact that they closed the season really strong you could see that happening in this year even if the wolves aren't as good as maybe we think they potentially could be so if the wolves
1: if the i mean we won't do the what's the path to like a 25 win season but if the wolves do have a 45 win season in an 82 has,
2: game
1: season in an yeah in an yeah, 82 okay. game season what if they're if they're a well over 500 team or like a noticeably above 500 team what outside of the fact that Carl and Delo have clicked at a really high level what what has what has led them there what what went well
2: I really just see this being like, it has, I would think it'd have to be a re- really explosive offense. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just think Malik Beasley will still have to shoot at the kind of clip that we saw him shoot at in Minnesota. Even Wancho had a really impressive clip in his time in Minnesota. So the system just fits People them. People sleep on that, yeah. man. People yeah. sleep on that Wancho so, number. Yeah, I mean, and both their numbers were just insane. Um, so The system fits them. It gets them good looks. They're the type of shooters who can capitalize on that. The addition of Ricky Rubio only generates more of those types of looks. Um, he ends up being a nice fit that makes the game easier for D'Angelo and Carl. Anthony Edwards maybe is actually like a contributor we kind of discount him almost when we look at (laughs) the season and he's the number one overall pick uh but if he can come in and be like the seventh player and he's good and he's like a starter quality guy because that happens even guys who are viewed as like well they'll take a few years to reach their potential that doesn't mean he can't be good right now um yeah and and maybe he is a legit nba player um you know then they just find the right fit for um you know, and, and maybe maybe that's Ned Davis. Maybe that is like a Jake Layman-Wancho, and they're scoring 128 points a night, something like that. Um, I think that's possible. I think their offense will be really exciting to watch. It totally, to me, is going to be – I don't see them making amazing defensive strides because I don't think that's on their roster. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, can they just do enough to where they, for, like, the last five minutes a game they can put together four or five defensive possessions where they're pulling games out?
1: Yeah, like the Miami game last year.
2: Right, exactly. You don't have to be a good defensive team for 48 minutes when you can score like the Wolves are going to be able to score. You have to be able to get a couple stops at the end of games.
1: Right. And I think, you know, and maybe this is too far into the weeds a little bit, but, like, part of me thinks the way that Ryan handles the rotations is going to be and, like, stumbles upon a really good – mix of a, of a second unit of, of a way of a, all right, we need to find a way to get Jarrett to be playing with Cat and Dilo or Josh or, or whoever it might be finessing those rotations. I think will really be really big. And I think it'll particular to the defensive point is it's like, there's a way that the wolves could be a pretty bad top five defensively. I mean, I think they just will be like, I don't think the D'Angelo Russell Beasley, Wancho, Edwards, and Cat five is gonna have a good defensive rating. I think it's probably be terrible. But that's one lineup combination. You know what I mean? And there are other players on this roster who are at least competent defensively. Like I think Lehman is at least a competent defender. I think Kogi's for sure a competent defender, probably above average. And I don't know if Jarrett Culver is going to even be in the rotation at all, but the case for him being in the rotation is kind of in line with this. It's like he's a piece in a solid, in a second unit that, like, you know, maybe isn't blo- isn't putting up a lot of points, but they're kind of like passing the time effectively. You know, like running the ball mm-hmm. and 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 getting by in that sort of way, where you're not like you're not just letting your ten point lead slip away. You, it went down to seven. You know, I think. Obviously the Cat and D'Lo thing. If the Wolves are gonna, this is if, yeah. In the if the Wolves are gonna be a forty five above five hundred team, the Cat and DeLo thing has to be awesome and it needs to propel them into a top five offense. That's just like there's no way if that doesn't happen. Two, I think Rubio has to fit really well and do his Rubio thing as he always has, where he elevates any group he's in. I, I think there's that. Beasley, Juancho need to shoot the lights out, and and Edwards has to be a a rookie that isn't you know cratering value for you when he does play and I I know that's like kind of parlaying like five
2: different things yeah. together yeah. you know
1: but are any of those things like in a vacuum crazy
2: no I mean don't we expect Russell and Towns to be really good offensively don't we expect them to be like well if dynamic? they're not this is all yeah, the, then, whole then the whole premise is, the, the premise of the re- yeah. of this building process is is yeah it's it's done I mean you have to like almost you have to decide which one of those two you don't want to be on your team anymore if that's Mm. if that happens but yeah i mean i look at every single one of those things i think maybe wancho can't shoot it as well as he did in that little stretch um maybe beasley is going to be more like a 37 38 percent shooter and that's even a little dip there but in general those are you know honestly like those two playing as well as they did offensively maybe are the biggest leap in that whole Mm -hmm. stretch um i mean i don't know Edwards and if if Edwards isn't that guy, like right now, I still think they can overcome that too, to be honest.
1: Well, they do, and I'm not saying Josh Kogi or Jarek Culver are, you know, great shakes or something, but it, it you're not like in a situation you're not in a situation where if Anthony Edwards are like, all right, we probably gotta scale him back to like fifteen minutes a game for the first quarter of the season, first right. third of the season, whatever. Like <laughs> the replacement is not Trevion Graham this year. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's Josh Kogi. And, and, and in that you should be able to have, you know, hold on to some sort of like floor there. Like eventually if this is going to really work long-term or just in the immediate, like Edwards is going to obviously need to produce for this group. But, but that's the one where I could see it not clicking and then still being like somewhat all right. I mean, and part of that is like Jarrett would have to, you know, Take a step, and would you know would probably have to play if Edwards is going to be a bench guy. At, you know, I don't know, and that's they're clearly still invested in him. You know, he's on the roster and and <laughs> available <laughs> to play. So I, I don't know. I, they, there's depth here. I guess is is what I'm trying to say. When last year it was like, uh-oh, somebody's hurt. Uh-oh, somebody's in foul trouble. There goes a, they're going to blow a ten point lead here in five minutes. I don't think that's going to happen this year.
2: No, I agree. There's there's actual pieces like we talk about lineup count. We we talk about like lineup configurations, and you can make so many, and there are so many different leaps because there are so many players where you're like that guy could be a starter or that guy could be a rotation piece player, um, and they're actually players we've seen play at that level. Uh, not trying yeah. to be like Jordan Bell can be in a rotation even though he really never has been. Um, it, it, Trayvon Graham, he could do that even though he's hardly ever been a productive nba player like we there's a bunch of guys who have done it and you see they have strengths to do it and then there are even some guys like jared vanderbilt where we're like there's the unknown and maybe one of those guys can come through too There are just there's enough depth in that there are nba players who fit what they want to do where i don't even like an injury to even one of like one of these guys who are in the rotation like somebody else should figuratively just be able to jump in as long as it's not one of their top three guys uh, the, the rotation the, the team is definitely in a much better spot than it was a year ago and there's no denying that so I, 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 that's where you kind of see, like, reason for optimism, reason for why this team could be better. And I do think when you look at over-unders, a lot of times it's like the Timberwolves are going to have a lower one just because they're the Timberwolves, right? I mean, <laughs> the, the, and, and figure they always have still some, somehow come in low. <laughs> but when, I don't always just be like, okay, Vegas is probably subtracting three or four because it's the Timberwolves.
1: Um, mm-hmm. The and, one year, though, they got that huge spike, the Tibbs year. The, I think it was the first Tibbs year. Yeah, yeah. Or no, no, maybe it was the Jimmy year. The Jimmy year, and they I'll, were
2: up to, like, 48.
1: And then and they got the over. That was yeah. That yeah. was that was insane. Um all right, Chase. Uh we'll 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 do this again. Uh, give, me, give me let's lock it in. Give me give me your give me your eighty two game win total for the Timberwolves before I let you go. Thirty six. Uh, thirty six? Okay. So you're taking the over. Yes. I I think I would I think I would be I think as of today, I would I would be there too. I think thirty four is I think to assume more than a ten game jump this year is fair.
2: Yeah, and, and thirty five I just always like to say it. Thirty four is still not a good team. That's not yeah, asking fine. them to be a good team. And you have mm-hmm. a team that looked like it was tanking last year versus a team that looks like it's going to try to win this year. I mean, that that's kind of where you get the makings for a jump well, like this.
1: And and thirty six, you're probably still not even the ten seed.
2: Yeah, it's you're 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 probably in it maybe until last week, but that's yeah, that's it. Right.
1: Um, all right, Jace. Thank you for doing this. Uh, you guys can follow um, Jace on Twitter at Jace Frederick and uh, read all of his stuff in the Pioneer Press or at TwinCities.com. Um, doing Doing Beat Writer Week <laughs> here yeah. on the pod. Uh, had John yesterday, Jace today, and Chris Hine from the Star Tribune uh, will will join me. Uh, that pod will post on on Friday later in the week. Appreciate all you guys and uh, support. You know, you get me in this, and I look forward to actually being able to hang out in person. at game. are we going to be able to sit by each other? Like, how do you think that's going to work?
2: I think we'll be a little distance apart, but I think we're all in the same area from the sounds of it. Um, we're all going to be watching from the same relative area. There might be like dots where our chairs are. That's like you're over here and yours is here and don't scooch any closer together. But, uh, I do I think, want the dots I think, to have our, I,
1: I our think, field goal percentage yeah, on them.
2: I do think like watching the game, you guys will be the only people who I'm in speaking distance of. So That'll be some There's sense to be like to 50 people in the stadium. I yeah, right. I know. I'm almost nervous. Like, if I say something and I throw out a smart ass comment, <laughs> can they hear Don on the court? Like, oh, geez. Yeah. Was that Jace? <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to All right,
1: Jace. Uh, thank you for doing that. Um, I will be back later in the week with Chris. Until then, I'm Dane at Dane Moore NBA. Peace out